Hi and welcome to the Msingi Talks podcast, a podcast hosted by Msingi Trust. This podcast ventures deeper into issues of faith, advocacy, activism, and makes connections between these worlds. Psalms 89.14 states that justice and righteousness are the foundation of God's throne. And here we unpack how the church, as the body of Christ and institution, can faithfully embody justice and righteousness in both word and deed. Karibuni and let's do justice. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Msingi Talks podcast hosted by Msingi Trust. Msingi Trust is an organization that makes the connections between faith, justice, activism, and advocacy. Msingi comes from Psalms 89.14. Justice and righteousness is the foundation of God's throne. And so our work is to center justice. Um, and today we are very, 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 very honored to be hosting one of the best poets in Kenya. Drum rolls. Are you, are you, you should give yourself drum rolls as well. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> there they are. Drum rolls. <laughs> yes. Um, Karibu sana Mufasa. Mufasa, you Thank can. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you can introduce yourself and tell the peeps who you are. Yeah, so I am Mufasa, poet. I'm a performance poet, an actor, an author, uh, generally a performance artist. Yes. Cool. So maybe, I don't know if you always asked this question. Okay. <laughs> like, when did you know you are a poet? Like, was it always <laughs> And also, where does the name Mufasa come from? Uh, so I never, like, being a poet is not something that I wanted to be at any point when I was young or, nah, this just happened. This was just an accident, actually. It just happened. And I don't even know how I found myself here. Like, it just happened. That's <laughs> the best way to say it. Yeah. Uh, the name Mufasa actually I was given the name by uh it was like a childhood name yeah by 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 a friend like someone in school with so it did come from I was a good uh kind of a good poet in school as well but not like a writer myself like I you know there's the school competitions and stuff like that yeah. So yeah. So I, 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 but this is the part where I used to write really good love love letters. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> they used to pay me. They used yeah. to pay me with a loaf of bread. Oh, no. They used to pay me with a loaf of so bread. There's like girls who think that they got this amazing letters Im- from their boyfriends. Kumbe. Imagine. Mpaka <laughs> handwriting. Ah, I. Hardy <laughs> handwriting in Koyangu is so bad. <laughs> so. <laughs> girls, what is this? I, I think we should tell girls to go back to their letters and maybe there's <laughs> evidence. Yeah, that's true. So the name actually came from it just King. Like it, it used to be like, ah, King, King, King. And then uh, naturally, yeah. so somebody else that was like, ah, Mufasa. And then it stuck. Oh, cool. So um, when I was thinking about this conversation, I've really, like, um, Followed, of course, your work um, uh, for a long time and loved the, the work that you do. As you. I was reaching out to you and like processing some of the questions that, um, that we would be talking about, I thought about pe- um, penning the revolution, you know, uh, that what you do, your writing, your... Um, talking, you're speaking, you're reciting the revolution. Um, I, I want to ask you, always do this, yes. what is the one thing that um, brings you joy in life? Anything. One thing, that, that thing that you've just, just thought about, that when you do, when you see, when you, anything that brings you joy. <laughs> The first person would be my nephew. <laughs> yeah, my sister's baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. Uh, his name is Sean. He definitely brings me joy. Like I remember the first time uh, 
he used to wake up early like ever since he was a kid he used to wake up so early and go go like basically go watch cartoon and everything so he self taught himself english like just by watching cartoon and everything and i remember one morning <laughs> mother his mother was telling me uh the child came over and then he had kuja kwa kwa bedroom yake then he woke the mother up and then he started saying wakey wakey ஒரு Uh, I guess family, like just disoriented families. Like I've seen people who you love them, but there's not much you can do to connect. Like you try, but hey, is he like, mm-hmm. yeah, like family mm-hmm. for sure. Because that, that one is painful. Like when you have, because no matter what family is blood, so. when you have a disoriented family then it's really sad mm. yeah um thank you for sharing that and i think um uh, the beautiful way that you are able to use the words that i believe is a gift from god um that uh, is able to actually straddle those two worlds of joy and sorrow i think that's a gift that you're able to capture the very diverse emotions and uh situations and do it so well so i know you're many things you're you're a poet you're a writer um maybe you could tell us what has poetry given you or how was poet first how was poetry given to you you said it was an yeah. accidental and then also yeah. yeah and then what has poetry given you so the way uh poetry came to me uh i use i i came to nairobi and somebody it's funny i was actually in a club somewhere like a neighbor of mine I was young I was in college and then a friend a neighbor a friend of mine uh at the time he was working and then he told me like I want to show you Nairobi do you really know Nairobi I'm like I don't know I don't know you know I can't have it don't you moving the shago from me yeah then he's like I'm going to take you somewhere it's called Mercury I was like hey Mercury what so well, we went I to Mercury Yeah, it was David the like club this is not it's not I don't know if it, it, it still it still exists right now but I went there my curry for ABC so ABC so we went there and and I remember we were sitting outside uh cuz we couldn't find space in Dani I laughed when I was there that's the time when guys like Kamula I don't know who like they were very big klepto mm-hmm. and I remember seeing so many celebrities I couldn't believe it I was like ah They all here like I yes. just like spot what every time I, every minute I would spot a celebrity I was like ha 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 and I'm like now nah, I want to stay in Nairobi now I'm not going back home this is where everybody <laughs> so is So you thought you thought Nairobi was Mercury <laughs> Yeah I think everyone wow I see you <laughs> Everyone I've seen in Nairobi every every star that I've seen on TV was basically there so I'm like ah oh, what what and then this lady there's a lady who came uh and asked to sit next to us so of course i didn't mind my friend didn't mind she said no no you can take the seat uh and then she sat there and then she asked us do you guys know spoke, what spoken word is uh, at the time i didn't know what spoken word was i was like spoken word she said spoken word i didn't know what it was and then she said no nah, you have to hear it she went back in and then came back with another lady uh and the lady now came and she she just said hi nels like kandoyetu and pigamagoti and i was like uh uh-uh, i don't know what which what, what kind of whatever which crap this is like uh uh-uh, this is starting to be scary like, now hey, nairobi nairobi was 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 showing up eh? <laughs> was showing me things so yeah. she nels she nels kandoyetu 
And then she just started performing. Like she didn't care about anyone, anything, like no shame, no what, no. She just started performing. Ah, yeah. I was looking at her, I couldn't believe it. She closed her eyes, she was just in her own zone. And by mm. the time she was done, I wanted to know where, where she was from. Like, where do they do this? Where do, where do they do this yeah. spiritual kind of thing? Because it sounded so good. So she told us, she invited us for slum. She told us, now you need to come for slum. Come, come to slum point. At the time, it was happening at a restaurant called Das in Westlands. Mm. So, of course, I made an appointment. I went there with my friend who went there. I watched the first slum. I loved it. And now I went back home, Googled, not even home, like just to my car hostel, Kakanyumba mm. Kadogo. Uh, and I remember from then on, I used to save money to go to the cyber. Like I would go to the cyber and watch Pokemon poetry the whole day. Like mm-hmm. all of so, them, like so death, jam, people, death poetry. Maybe for people who from other countries who are listening, who don't know what the cyber is, the cyber, what, how, <laughs> how do you explain cybers? <laughs> uh, yeah, a cyber cafe, like just, I don't know. Like, like a, where, like a place where there's a lot of computers and then you pay per hour, per, uh, every 30 minutes, you pay a certain amount of time. Yeah. Of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Basically, if you don't have a laptop, just to have access to public, public, <laughs> public computers. So yeah, so I started watching like a lot. I used to, in fact, on my phone, I saved so many spoken word videos. I, at, at some point, I didn't even have, I couldn't put songs in, in, onto my phone. Mm. Like it was just full of spoken word videos. So everywhere, mm. everywhere I went listening. And then somehow I definitely got that urge to want to write something for myself as well and perform. And that's how it came to me, basically. Uh, what has poetry given me? Poetry has given me purpose. Mm-hmm. like I never there's many people I have performed before that I never thought I could uh yeah. it has given me a different vision because I remember when I began of course the things that used to excite me like I couldn't believe like the first time I performed before the president in fact I used mm-hmm. to put it on my on my CV like, anytime someone asked me like for my CV or something I'll put it there I'd be like performed before the president like, <laughs> like it used to be the chief justice I'd write like all those mm-hmm. names and yeah. then but continuously as I've been performing, I learned like, nah, that's, I, I'm, the, the, whatever I'm doing is actually, it doesn't matter who's before me, like everyone is equal when I'm performing. Mm. Like everyone has the same size of ear, or if not, they just listen the same way, mm. all of them. Uh, and it gave me that purpose of trying to push for equality. Mm-hmm. Like in all my pieces, in fact, if there's anything that I do with my poems, I believe that I try to humanize situations using my poems. Like for me, poetry is the best way to humanize situations. Just mm-hmm. to show everyone like, aha, look at it from this point, an equal point. Basically, where we can just all ha- see from one perspective in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and what has poetry cost you? Ooh, family. Ha, I remember mm-hmm. my mother, yeah. My mother would be like, ah, umemwaje na macho yako eh? Umemwaje? Utaimba tu mbele ya watu. Ukuongea tu. And it's even worse because for, for, for a long time when I began poetry, it didn't exactly translate to money. Like it was just like a passion phase only. And at that time you finish school, your parents were like, now, huh? So what's next? Like, kuja kuja nikutafutie kasi kwa kaunti. And I'm like, nah, Miss Rudy County, no way, no way. You're not coming. You're not leaving poetry to go and find a job at the county government. Yeah, like the hey, uh, so it's like nah, nah. So partly this, 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 that, this, that. Mm. But I believe it has given me a bigger family as well. Man, I think for everyone, even for me, when I'm, I was starting singing in 2017, yeah. the, there's always the question of one, what will you eat? And then there's the question of, we sold all these things so that you study, so that then you, you employ yourself, so that you don't have a salary. 
<laughs> because you have a passion for this. So I think that family conversation really is a, is a, is a big... Is, is a yeah, big it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So there's, there's a quote, I don't know who it's attributed to. Sometimes I've seen it. Um, the extension of it is attributed to Marcus Garvey. It says yeah. the pen is, is mightier than the sword, but the tongue is mightier than both of them to put together. I think you use these two weapons, pen and tongue, to speak deep truths. How, how would you say you understand this quote? The pen is mightier than the sword, but the tongue is mightier than both of them put together. Yeah, yeah, how do I understand it? For one, this is just, of course the pen is mightier than the sword. Like if you had a sword, you'd have to kill, like you can only, I don't know, you like use it before, like in, uh, basically you can use it on whoever is in front of you. But with a voice, ah, with a pen, like you can write it and millions of people can see your work. Like you can reach out to millions of people. You can fight millions of people just mm. using your words, yeah. using your pen. Yeah, you can reach out to many, many, many people. And then the thing is, sometimes people say like something said, of course, will not compare to something written. Sometimes something said will never be forgotten because something said has a, it has a personal, personal attachment to it that comes with the, someone's voice emotion like uh it's very it's very unique mm. someone's voice is their voice like it's it's very unique and you can play around with your voice with your tongue you can play with emotions you can play with the tone you can play with so much you can shout you can do what where has something written, it's just written, that's it. Like, well, you have no control in terms of how somebody else will translate it or take it. Mm. Yeah, but at least when you have the tongue. And I love, this is the thing about, I love about spoken word. Like, you see, I get immediate feedback when mm. I perform. Like, I know if people, like, for example, if I write something that's supposed to be funny and people don't laugh, Mm. I know immediately it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> immediately it didn't work. Mm. It's this one thing I love about spoken word, the fact that you also get like feedback, hapo hapo. Mm. Yeah. And um when you when you think about like um politically, when you think of that politically, yeah. Is the pen really mightier than the sword? I would say the pen is mightier because you see, if you notice uh, across the world, even just, just here in Kenya, like the government, people, politicians try as much as they can to lock down media. Like they buy the media stations, they own the mini, they want to control the voice. Because uh, whoever speaks to the masses basically controls the masses in a way. So they want to uh, control the voice that gets out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. We always have, uh, if there's one thing that politicians will always fight, it's the truth. Mm. So they'll always want to run ahead with uh, uh, thing, uh, basically false, things that are false, yeah. so that you have a lot of time trying to correct. <laughs> By the time Umaliza could correct, Omisha mm. spread another lie. Like they keep yeah. spreading lies. Like every day they mm. get new lies. They're always ahead. They're always ahead with lies. Mm. Yeah. There's the propaganda machine that actually first, I think he sent out with like, you know, 
um, to prepare the masses or to blind blindfold people or yeah. twist a narrative or something because they yeah. think once this once a viewpoint is in people's psyche, it's very difficult yeah. to change. That. Yeah. And even think about it when did we ever like I don't remember a time when we voted in like a a leader, especially those two positions, because of like their work or something. It's always because of how they speak. Like these people have uh, employ like the best communication uh, strategists, because mm. that's how you win. Yeah, yeah, that's how you win other people. That's sad. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very sad. It's very sad. Mm. <laughs> Oh, so I want to look at a different perspective or aspect of your of your of your work. Oh, oh, and maybe lastly, just to say, uh, okay. it's the reason. Even like the tongue can be more basically appealing or heavier or might more mightier than than the pen. Think about it. It's not just about the words most often than not it's about how you say it the words mm. yeah it's about how you say it mm. yeah we all use the same words like english is the same for everyone like we use the same words but mm. the way you say it uh, yeah is what like makes it stand out there's a way like i can write but i can't write like you and I can speak in front of people and I can't speak like you. So like <laughs> the same way um, a politician, let's say who's the best like in Kenya who can rile up people. There's, who, who's good at that? Who's good with his words? No, I think that's why the, it's just the two front, whatever front horses right now. It's just, mm-hmm. the, yeah, they definitely are the best because of that. Yes. So there's a way you, they're able to actually skillfully study who it is they're going to talk to then what resonates with them and what they want to hear and just what rise up people like that's the thing like just say something that will get people excited Mm. um so um we're i want us to talk a little bit more about your writing and um some specific categories of people that you write to, that you speak to or speak of, um, speak about. And the first people are the boys. Um, You write about boys and and for a keen eye and hopefully for many of us, we we see activism deep down. and I, I can see how you, so you, there's the sense of intersectionality of yes. your work, of the injustice that boys face. And um, you link that, the struggle of boys, of young men, of manhood, and you link yeah. it to unjust systems. Um, <laughs> What's what's the importance of linking everyday struggle to unfair and unjust systems? And how would you define justice? I normally have this thing where I ask 20 questions at once. So you can (laughs) you can can answer the first one. Like how do you define justice? And then what's the importance of linking everyday struggle to unfair and unjust systems? Yeah, I think for me, justice is just fairness. Yeah, I just, for me, justice is, justice is fairness. Like, just one, like, a law that is fair. You're not asking to, you don't, you're not asking for something perfect, but just fair, like, just fairness. Uh, your other question was... <laughs> My other question was, what's the the importance of linking everyday struggle to unfair and just systems? And also maybe you can say, why why do you write to the boys or to men? Mm, Okay. 
one, I write about the boys because I am one, uh, because I hang out with men, with friends, with boys, with my brothers, and I completely understand, or rather, I am in their shoe for sure. Like, like yeah, like when I'm speaking about something that I'm sure about, like yeah. something that I connect to because these are things that I face as a man as well. Mm. Uh, I also write about men because men most of the times are not vulnerable. Like men don't accept the whole aspect of vulnerability. Like it's a mm. challenge because of culture, because of what. And I know even sometimes like people tell me like, hey, why you not afraid of being emotional and stuff? Like what? Yeah, because when I'm a feelings, when I'm a little feelings. Yeah, like yeah, like yo, like men want like like nini only, yeah. But yeah. so that's why one of the reasons I write as well, because they don't want to talk about it. So I might as well just talk about it. Mm. Yeah. Uh and, and and the thing about connecting this whole thing with connecting their struggles and stuff with just justice. Like I said earlier, I I believe like poetry allows me or helps me or facilitates the idea of me humanizing a situation so that everyone can see like whether it's lawmakers, whether it's just parents, whether it's business people, whether it's teachers like at least we can only see from a perspective uh, that allows us to have empathy. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what, what would you say is the, is the thing that stops us from making these connections, stops us from uh, connecting the fact that there is political and accountability and corruption to the fact that boys or young men who are looking for work are jobless. What is this thing that blinds us? Uh, I blame the education system that we have. You see, I believe the way uh, we go through school, in a way we're just taught to crumb. Like this, uh, you internalize the answers, internalize the lines, and that's it. Like even when they ask you a question, most of it, you cram the definition like from the book. Like you take it just the way it's been defined in the book. Mm. Uh, internalize those lines, evil. Like no, no understanding, no what. Like you don't even use your own words. No. Yeah. Like in fact, there the are times when school, like when you choose your own words, uh, a teacher will basically wrong you. But like nah, that's not. That's not yeah. it. Like they want you to state exactly how it is written in the text. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of system uh, brings about people who are robotic, like people mm-hmm. who will not think for their own themselves, think for themselves, people who will not like basically imagine, uh, imagine a different world, uh, imagine what they can do better. They'll just keep things the way they are. Like yeah. they just follow a system. They just follow a system and that now in a, in a, in a in a i think that's what's holding us back sana because even when you look at whatever you're learning civics and history and what even when you talk about tomboy when you talk about any other leader like we just know the story like we, we we're taught history in a way that it's just a story and that's it like it's there's not much to learn from it like tomboy was killed high he was born on this day whatever he was killed outside the chemist that's it like we mm-hmm. never know fundamentally what he was about yeah. Uh, what happened after he died? Like how 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 was Kenya affected? Like we never mm. learn things deeply. Like uh, yeah, we never learn things from a deep point. It's just like you know, guzo guzo education. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Mm. And that's why when you look at our schools, many times, especially public schools, yeah. kids don't have a lot of questions. We don't ask a lot of questions because mm. we believe that we are already satisfied. Like as long as we follow the text, as long as we follow the definition from the text, mm. like you do then we are satisfied. Yeah. But then look at private schools, the way they're taught, uh, whatever they think, whatever their answers are in their head, forget about text, like most of, they're taught that the answers are actually inside them, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. in books or texts. 
And that's one of the challenges that our system is facing for me, I would say. If I could change anything, I would definitely change the way our schools are run. Mm. Yeah. It's like when you're when you're when you're questioning something. Sometimes I look like at some work that my niece is doing, and yeah. then you see some answer answers that are like <clears throat> really the same, or the two could be all the answers could be right. Then I yeah, I, I have to tell her that. The teacher wants this one, but this can exactly because <laughs> there is no room for for exploring or for refusing or yeah. for other or, or, or independent thinking. Yeah, and I think for me, I remember the teachers, the teachers who allowed me to thrive are the ones who allowed me to ask questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I as as a born questioner, when so then when I come out into the world and see that things are not working, so I will ask why. And so many of us do not know how to ask why. And then we end up and so we end up blaming people. Like I find maybe even in gender-based violence, we end up blaming um so with men they end up being very violent to people whom they deem weaker because then yeah. you you're removing your frustrations on someone who because there's no answer to whatever it is you're doing yeah and you see this kind of system what it does is it kills innovation it kills innovators like you're not raising innovators yeah we're just raising people who are structured to follow a system or a certain way and mm. what it does is outside of it people cannot even independently create their own jobs. Mm. Like we're constantly relying on the government, like like just like yeah. it's just a procedure, it's a process. And you end up with so many people who are jobless because there's no way uh, everyone is going to land their jobs due to government, whatever, where Nana. And what that does is it facilitates the politicians with an opportunity to always have a crowd whenever they go anywhere. They always have a mass. And that's how you know, like the way um, joblessness has affected us as a country. Like anytime something happens, something minute, like even just a tractor says, "Yeah, go to Itan TV." Like no, no, like just get ready, Itan Kidogo. You will see like a hundred people in a second, like a hundred people in a second. If that happens in areas like current, like Kwabi, that won't happen. But and this this kind of system in Yiko, in actually, basically, it's an advantage to politicians. Mm. They always have a mask to talk to, to lie to, 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 to use to spread the false information. Msingi is a Swahili word meaning foundation. Our name and mandate comes from Psalms 89.14. We host engaging conversations on faith, social justice and advocacy across all our social media platforms. We also offer training and consultancy services to help you navigate the world of social justice and faith. To engage with us, Visit our website www.msingitrust.org. Follow us on all our social media handles at msingitrust, or email us on info@msingitrust.org. And when you think about it, many people who you can claim or rather you can describe as conscious are, in a way, people who benefited from a better education system, Kidogo, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but now we are not, those people are not uh, compared to the other numbers in the in the, in the country. On Wachache, like mm. many people go through that old school school system, and even, that's where the voting even, is. That's where the voting uh, basically. That's where voters are in those numbers. Yeah. 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 I was even thinking about like all people who whose parents allowed questioning. Yeah. 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 If you if you live, because maybe you can go to a school that's not all that, but at home your questions and your curiosity is nurtured, and so then that gives you the opportunity to thrive. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I was I was listening to something that um to some poetry that you did, and there's uh um. So a lot of my questions will be around some of the things that you have written and you have said. Um, okay. There's a refrain in, in a 
poem that you keep asking, are we the generation that could not generate the power to be? To be enslaved. To be enslaved. I found that to be so, so... Ah. <laughs> Guys, we, are, we are facing an election year. Same old, yeah. same old. Yeah. What's the premonition? What brought you to this line? What? Where do you think we'll be? August, uh, October, August after August, September, September. Yeah. What does this line uh, mean for you when you speak it? When you when you wrote it? I. Are you being prophetic even? about us as a <laughs> generation <laughs> when i look back uh years when kina the years when UN was like a they used to stand in when it comes to they used to make political statements there were political movements from school uh they used to basically caution the government the system and then when you look at where we are now, this era of online and whatever, internet, yeah. There's this thing of it being socially acceptable to ignore politics. Mm. Like, especially for young people, like we easily say like, mm, politics, yes, mm, politics, mm, and it's accepted. Like, ah, okay. Like it's, it's almost cool, you know, like it's almost cool for someone to, uh, like just abscond from politics and stuff mm. and we forget that politics is our way of life like everything yeah. we do is politics everything affected by everything that surrounds us is politics like the road you walk on whatever you buy at the shop whatever you wear uh, whatever you do whatever salary you earn uh mm. whatever hospital you go to your parents go to everything is affected by politics the price of everything uh, our way of life is affected by politics. So I think for me that line came because I, I, I got a bit tired, like when I noticed like most of friends, young people I was around or something would in a way ignore politics. Mm. Like it's become, and, and it really works. It really works for, for politicians because we are the numbers. Like for as long mm. as young people don't care about who they're voting for or who becomes the next president or whatever, then a governor, MP, it's an advantage to, to the politicians because if we used our numbers, mm. like we would change anything we want, anything yeah. we want, but we're not using our numbers. We are, we're sleeping on our power. We're, mm. sleeping on our, we're sleeping on our voice. Like we'll complain and say, ah, the sports in this country is awful and we forget uh whoever is leading that sports uh, docket is because of politics that yeah. we have ignored yeah like we always forget that we have the power to choose that's the that's the bad part like we forget that we have the power to choose we just think that it's it's in like things just happen but now nah, they don't just happen yeah they happen because we chose to ignore mm. we chose not to do something I sometimes wonder, and this is when I'm being very pessimistic, is yeah. uh, especially like at presidency level, I'm like, does yeah. my vote count anyway there? You yeah. Know? yeah. But like at these other these other elections, I'm like, yeah, there's, there's a possibility of my vote counting and yeah. so I will do my due diligence. And so even before before Ruben Kigame announced that he would be vying, yeah. which actually I have him on my podcast. You could listen to him. I, oh, I, nice. I will. I will. Yes. So the um before he said that, I was going to spoil my presidential vote <laughs> intentionally <laughs> as a form of protest. But um maybe I think the if we created a mass movement of young people who are directly involved in the work of uh, of of the of the day to day the politics, then it yeah. would be 
will be something. But also, though, you see, this is an election year in Kenya. And what we have seen now is so many people, so many rich people resigning from their comfy situations yeah. to enter into elective politics. What does that say about us and about our political system? Because we all we know it's not because of policy change that they're going. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just proof that money buys everything these these days. Like money, money buys people. Money buys systems. Money buys channels. Like I I remember watching the documentary, uh, the, uh, Softy, the Boniface one. And when he was competing with Jaguar, people would actually chase him away because he did not give them a hundred bob. Like, <laughs> yeah. that was, yeah. So it's, it's just crazy how, that's what I'm saying, the whole system, the way the system works is, it just, in a, like, they make you lack so much Mm. that when you get 100 you think it's so much like you think it's too much uh they make you lack so much not just financially but consciously as well like mm. they deprive you of so much information whatever you have in your head is just lies whatever whatever so you don't you have no truth in your head so yeah. that hundred book becomes the truth like there's nothing as real as a hundred book not in your hands like you're like this is real whatever you're saying is just words but this money right here is real uh yeah it's unfortunate yeah and i know like of people who will close their job their work for the day yeah to go and camp somewhere to get that 100 shillings <laughs> yeah yeah and and for me watching softy made me so angry i know no it made me mad like, for sure yeah, I'm like, is this is this country worth it? Are we worth it? Are we worth the sacrifice? No, because, I think sometimes. Yeah. Sorry, because. No, you were saying you think sometimes. Uh, I wanted to say sometimes. I also ask myself, like, is it worth it at all? Because even when I look at my social media. Whenever I put up anything that's about like the country politics or something, people will just ignore it. Mm. But when I write about love, nee, 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 ah, people come there, they shade everywhere, what, what. Uh, so yeah, sometimes I tell myself, should I just like leave this politics thing and just write love songs and love poems and the sky and love and whatever and just forget about this whole thing because if that's yeah. what people want. Uh, at times you look at the way people vote the way people speak especially in an audiences crowds ninis of the village that were and you're like ah yo i don't think change is coming at all <laughs> if anything we just took six steps back like ah but i feel, I feel like what this I, year this year yeah. we're so behind yeah no true yeah to what, what i did i decided i just told myself Mm, one to change myself like just to help my, myself in every decision that I make mm. two to change just a person at a time like every time I'm in a cab I try to reach out to the driver I try to make this conversation mm. and whenever they say something that probably I don't agree with Kabisa I try my best to make them see something from my perspective as well uh so just poly poly come in the family like i'll talk to my mom about something at least try to make her see something from my perspective as well mm. uh so I, I think for me it's just one by one like if i if 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 i start a conversation with one person and by the end of that conversation i have somehow influenced uh his thoughts in any way ama his perspective ah watch watch any she been here poly poly but if you tell yourself you're gonna change the world, the country, the nini, ah, you will die. Ah. <laughs> you will die young. And, ah. then, and then you'll be forgotten. And forgotten. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's hard. Yeah. So I was I was reading, I, I read uh is an Insta 
is an Instagram page called Black Flag Theology. Yeah. Um, and um, I read a prayer. Um, and then as I was listening to some of your poetry to remind myself yeah. and also prepare for this conversation, there's one that you were talking about. Maybe we need to pray on our fours because too need two knees are not enough oh yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) um and then i i remembered this uh poem that was on that insta page which um so let me read it i will not like do it justice in terms of like reading a poem in front of a poet is too much pressure (laughs) yeah See, the, thing about, is the, the thing about spoken word is it's actually just spoken words. It's, yes. Forget about it. It's just spoken words, yeah. So, so let me just read it as it is. O God of raging fires, O Jesus who looted the temple, O spirit found amongst grief and protest, we come before you in anguish. We remember this weekend, the day of Pentecost, and the spirit roared into that upper room and breathed uh, new languages on the tongues of the apostles. It's a time of celebration for the church, but most of us don't feel like a party. Recently, another one of your children, George Floyd, had his breath forcefully removed. Oh Lord, we are tired and frustrated and angry. How long, O oh Lord, will you continue to do nothing? We understand that the spirit breathes into the church life and love, but we are hyperventilating and can't focus. Judge Floyd is, is only one of the many black people the state and white supremacists have killed this year, include, including Ahmad Aubrey and Breonna Taylor. May we be the church who shows up to protest and in vigil. Oh God, on Pentecost Sunday, we also remember that after the new converts were baptized, they immediately joined the work of mutual aid. Help us to continue this tradition. Mutual aid as the means of intentionally sharing resources so that all may benefit. With what we have, may we donate to bail funds and other organizations who support people of color. As the world has been quiet because of quarantine, racism and state violence continue to wreck. As the world has been quiet because of quarantine, racism and state violence continues to wreak havoc on the oppressed. But you, oh God, shout, Black Lives Matter alongside protesters. And you, oh Christ, understand the suffering of people of color and stand in solidarity with them. And you, oh spirit sit with the grieving families of Floyd, Arbery, and Taylor. And um, so this is aside from the poem, but uh, yeah. the writing is that, and we here add so many lists of young men killed extrajudicially. So yeah. let me uh, finish this last stanza. Continue to remind okay. us that church is not a building but a gathering of people demanding and living out another world a world without violence a world where mutual aid is our economy not capitalism in a world where everyone and everything is loved unconditionally may this prayer and every prayer not be the end of our work but the beginning we pray this in the name of christ who walks alongside us in the struggle amen what Man. yeah what what keeps us from praying like this do we pray like this do we feel like we are <laughs> and i know there's so many i was thinking of who writes poetry of like this in kenya and i was like when i listen to you i feel that when i listen to giuliani i feel that mm. but one, what's what's who where why don't we pray like this in our churches? No, I'll ask, why don't you pray like that? 
I pray like that. I I do. (laughs) For me, let me tell you, my the first is um I'm an activist in my bones, and so for a long time I never used to understand. Um, wait, let me rephrase that. There's a time I was at a at a justice conference in uh in Cape Town, and we were doing songs of lament and songs of protest and songs of, and for me, I felt at home because I was talking to God about the injustices in our country and worshiping God with the power fist raised up that is used in protest. And I felt very good. I felt my heart was at peace in that, but I realized that, um, so I do, this for me is, is what I long to go to a Sunday service when there has been um, like just this month or the past month in Madari, 14 young men have been killed extrajudicially and that we are silent with that. Our churches don't have words to speak that. But um, anyway, I went into my stories. What does what I've read <laughs> or what I've shared, what does that evoke in you? Uh, it reminds me that uh, even you're saying the fact that we don't, we rarely use our churches as communities that will voice uh, for justice, Mm. Uh, when you think about it, where we are right now as a country, we use political seats and churches as job opportunities. Mm. Like people, in fact, it's become a career. Like people are just, everybody's just like, I'm looking right now, looking at social media, every every, every who, like they just want to buy because you have some numbers, you think like, ah, e-job, get e-job. Like, it's it's not about what you want to do. It's not about your vision or nini. It's just, you feel like it's something that you deserve. Mm. Yeah, because it's a job opportunity and you deserve to eat. So if it can pay your bills, then you deserve a job opportunity. Yes. Uh, yeah. And the same thing with churches. Like, when you look at, that's, that's, that's one thing I've struggled with for a while, like, when you look at churches when I'm going like, okay, really, mm, <laughs> what's the vision of your query? Like, what, 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 what do you want to impact in people? Like, mm. yeah, you have a community of people, but what do you really want to impact? What do you really want to impact? Uh, and I feel many times than not, you go to a church and the preacher will always find a way to make you guys be or something <laughs> in one service like ah like ah it's when it comes to a point where you have to chuck money to be prayed for like mm. a prayer has a cost attached mm. to it hey then you have to ask yourself like these prayers we're making do they even ever reach God because I don't know mm. because if they're all attached can I have financial whatever attachment to to, to the prayers Hmm. I don't know if our prayers are ever answered now. As you guys know, Fikia Mungu, basically. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe hmm. We'll, at least we blame what Mungu at Ejajibu. Labda tazi kufika. Labda tazi kufika. And what, yeah. where, what, what do you say about a church or a body corporate of Muslims, uh, Christians, uh, people of faith fighting for justice? What, what do you see is, would, what role would they play? I, I think for one, one thing we need to learn, we need to agree here, whatever you read in the Bible does not always speak to the present. Mm. Because as time changes, things change, like for sure, things change. Yeah. Whatever happened in the Old Testament cannot work now. In fact, whatever was right in the Old Testament is extremely wrong in the New Testament. Mm. 
like stoning someone to death that's like a horrible thing kabisa and it was acceptable mm-hmm. in the old testament uh this tit for tat thing that's a horrible thing. so but our problem for me my problem na church ni they need to find a way to connect the word of god with our ordinary life like with our daily life like the way we live like we need to connect it with the way we live because mm. i believe for me the idea of the word of god is to make is to create love in us like mm. uh for me love is the biggest lesson i learned from the bible for from any uh book of, of of god i believe like love is the strongest message there mm-hmm. uh love for self love love for one another mm. and if you don't connect whatever reading to ordinary life then in a quirky when it's just disattached like it's not attached to our it's not attached to our how we live how to say the how to say to live better lives how to be funny in a quirky just something that you do when you're at a corner and when you come on and feel like ha you don't have another option i'm a nini i'm a nini that's when like you seek god uh but when things are working when nini nini ah zi zi i'm when things are working extremely well that's when you see god as well you're like ah let me thank god sasa like Oh you ah, like yeah. cheers. Sana kwambia uko na viatu kali unasema ni Jesus. Ni Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Last time is told you from someone. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, no someone. Yeah, like mm. I think there's that dissociation where we just like you've spent so much time committing injustice and stealing and things and then Yeah. You like you've built this house in you were working for NHIF for a year and suddenly you have 10 acres of land it's good like, oh, it's good yeah. it's good and and one thing ilifanya ni jam kabisa was when i remember during the elections the previous elections um i think the one before this this last one in 2007 and stuff like teachers were paid in a way whether they were paid they definitely paid like to say like things in it go weird like ah i have whatever like i'm a yonas do a prophecy like these are the people that god wants <laughs> to be uh our leaders nini like people what wanna need wanaombewa like ah hey the way we use the gospel jamani mm. it's unfortunate like when you have money you buy everything yeah you buy everything That's the saddest that's the saddest thing about our country. That people with money have always found a way to buy themselves out of out of out of everything like in fact I I I say the jail, jails are for the poor. Yeah. Bails are for the rich. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many people out on bail and you're like this will never see the light of day. Ah no absolutely. And, and then there's someone who's in jail because they couldn't pay 1000 shillings, 2500 shillings fine. There's been, been a story of somebody at some point who stole a cabbage, like cabbage a kupika, cabbage. And the judge will come and make a to be uh, uh what's what's the time if he was supposed to serve was it six months or something mm-hmm. yeah like ah jaman now i want us to transition out of the politics of kenya they just <laughs> dump they really dump in our mood and um maybe we can wrap this up with something that you even said um there's always like whenever you write about love um and women yeah. um that's when the 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 reactions are at, are at their highest but you write about love about women and your mom especially uh in such an affirming way um what what is love for you why do we need it um mm. and why do you also think maybe maybe kenyans we hunger for love maybe we do maybe that's why when you write about love you're like hey you and your tuna that's the one we don't have 
give us <laughs> give us more of that. So <laughs> I think sometimes people will linger politics because they want to be distracted from your pain because you 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 truth me pain so like like me painful basically like the truth is painful sometimes you want to be distracted by something else by stories by what by what by what yeah but love for me i think the dictionary describes love as a strong affection uh and concern towards someone mm-hmm. and to me i believe love is an eye opener i open in terms of if you love someone so much uh that love is not just about them it's also you uh coming to understand yourself like it's an opener in terms of you noticing or rather understanding that you're capable of loving people that way which means that you have the capability to be kind to everyone not just one person like yes uh you love one person whatever whatever but that itself uh is an eye opener in terms of you actually are capable of loving others yeah with so much uh basically with 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 concern and care as well yeah mm. and what what would that do for us this a quote that i've learned from dr wandia enjoya about yeah. how love and revolution go hand in hand and yeah. how would you um bring those two together love and revolution i think love itself is a revolution mm. uh love is 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 a, is a walking revolution like the moment it's unfortunate that we forget love is something spiritual mm. so we're not imagining a love vibe mm-hmm. but love is actually love is above physical connection what what like love is love is spiritual love is like done love doesn't care about skin height whatever like love is love is spiritual mm. and if we practice love then we're able to see people not from their skin from their height from where they come from from nini now we see them from a deep level uh and from that deep point we see our connection towards them like we are equal mm. we're equal but the moment you're looking at things from just a physical point of view mm. that's where easy fight is it to what is equal like ha una toka wapi you know no way ha yeah that's why it's separating us kabisa like ha i don't know class i don't know what like all these mm. things separating us like classism comes between like uh, us coming together to be one voice yeah yeah we struggle from we just need to see things from a point of human connection mm. and love does that mm. oh well thank you so much mufasa for thank for you. for this time is there anything that you wanted to share that you have not said is there what would your parting shot be um and where would uh people find you or support uh, your work thank you awesome so mm-hmm. i have an upcoming event it's called mufasa for president mm-hmm. it's on april 15th uh at breban theater so guys can just check my check posters and details on my social media mufasa, mufasa support anywhere twitter facebook mm-hmm. instagram mufasa support Uh I think we at this point of elections uh, the way I hear people speaking uh many people just think like ah as long as leadership changes hands then change is going to come 
books. But I always say like, there's no special village or town where leaders come from. Like these leaders come from within us. This leader is a reflection of who we are. So basically change won't come when our leaders change. Mm. Change will come when we change. Yeah. Oh, and with that, I think that's a poetic mic drop. Santi Sana, it is such a great honor to host you from, for this conversation. Um, thank you to all who've consistently listen to our podcasts and give feedback and yeah please uh go subscribe to Mufasa's uh poetry listen to the to the work that he's doing yeah and to all of you Kwaheri bye-bye adios Um, (laughs) bye-bye yes (laughs) and as always let's remember to keep doing justice um bye If you've been inspired, challenged, and or enjoyed this conversation and would like to contribute to this and catch up with more of such, remember to follow us on social media at Musingi Trust, share this podcast with your friends and family, and also consider making a donation to support the production of this podcast. Donations can be made through PayPal, musingikenya at gmail.com, Patreon at musingikenya, or through M-Pesa plus 254-792-176-030. Kwaherini, and thank you for joining us.